Hello once again, and thanks for tuning in to the Castaway Chapel one more time. I'm your fellow castaway, Richard, and tonight we're going to be looking at the book of Luke, chapter 15, verses 11 through 32, better known as the story of the prodigal son. I'll give you time to be looking that up, and I'll be right back with you. Hello and thank you for tuning in one more time to the Castaway Chapel. I am your fellow castaway, Richard Tucker. Glad, glad to have you back. Hey, we're looking tonight at Luke chapter 15, verse 11 through 32. And you're probably familiar with the story of the prodigal son. I think everybody is. Now, right up front, I'll let you know, this is not your normal church service. You don't have to dress up. You can come as you are. You don't have to send any money. In fact, I don't want you to send any money. There's nothing for you to join because you've already joined. You've already been made part, even if you don't realize it. My whole story, my whole theme, my whole calling is confirmation. Confirming those who Christ has saved. Not those who are going to be. There is no going to be. Your salvation was completed at the cross, the only place it could have been completed. Christ already performed that. He already accomplished that. We're looking at the prodigal son story tonight. We're going to paraphrase everything, because I don't want to sound preachy to you. We're just having a conversation. I hope you understand. The prodigal son was a son of a very rich man who had servants, and he also had an older brother. Now, if we were going to be honest, we've all pray, played uh, the role of the prodigal at one time or another. We've seen things <clears throat> that we desired, and we left what was provided for us to go after something that appealed to us, and we probably didn't make a wise decision. But all I want you to see here is that didn't make us bad people. See, good people make poor decisions sometimes. Good people, I mean honorable people, can be led away by temptation. That doesn't make you a bad person. Read through this scripture. Don't take my word for anything. Read the scripture that I've given you, and then read the rest of the story. Okay. The prodigal son lived with his father and his brother. His father was very rich, had many servants. But one day the prodigal decided that he needed to leave home. Why? Well, why does any prodigal ever leave home? The outside life. He wanted to see what life was about. He had been in his father's home. He had served his father faithfully. His father was a a holy man, because the scripture says he was reading the holy books when the prodigal came to have a conversation with him. The bottom line is, the prodigal was trying to live life. He saw the beautiful girls, he saw the outside world, and it tempted him. And he wanted to get what part of his inheritance he could have so he could go enjoy his life. 
He wanted to see what it was like out there. Don't we all do that? So he approached his father and he told his father what he wanted to do. He said, I want to have the part of the inheritance that would be left to me so I can go out and make it on my own. And the father told him that everything he had was his and he would grant him his request and he did. Now you know the father represents God in this, this story. The prodigal son represents me. Well, I won't blame you, I'll blame me. So the father gives the prodigal a lot of money. The way we know it's a lot of money because he went to a town and he had one big party that lasted for a long, long time. Read the story yourself. Don't take my word for it. The prodigal got wine and women. He got music and dancing. He had <laughs> never-ending sex, we'll say. He had several women. He had several friends that partied with him. He had several people that clung to him until his money was gone. Read it for yourself. Haven't we all been there in one form or another? You know, the details change, perhaps, in our situation, but we've all been the prodigal. We all have. We've all made mistakes. We've all made bad decisions, but that didn't make us bad people. The point is, prodigal left home, he took his father's money. He kind of dishonored his father because his father hadn't died yet, and he asked for his inheritance. So the father was pretty well known, and he was humiliated by this, but what we got to see from the father was that he obliged his son. He gave it to him, and the father representing God knew what was going to happen. God's never surprised. You ever think about that? He's never disappointed. He's never shocked. Scripture tells us that our Father God knows our days from first to last. So he's not shocked by anything you've done or disappointed. He knew what you were going to do, and he knew how it would end up. God is representing the prodigal's father. The prodigal is representing me. So I take what is given to me by my father, and I go away. And I party hardy, we'll say. Women, wine, pot, smoke, drugs, whatever it is, you fill in the blank, because it's your story too. Until the money's gone. The money's gone. Then what happens? Well, maybe you've been there before. The money's gone, so the women disappear. All of a sudden, they found something else to do, and they just like, well, see you later, bye. Your friends that were happy to use your money to buy the drugs or the pot or the booze and the women, it seems like all of a sudden they uh, they just decide maybe, maybe they're going to just move on for a while. They disappear. They left the prodigal alone and broke. Think about it. Alone and broke. Now, if you read the rest of the story, you're going to see that the prodigal fell into some hard times. There was a famine came in the land. No food. No money. He had been the son of the rich father who had provided everything for him. And he just 
was on the farm with his father. Comfortable place now. Now he was facing starvation. And some of you have been there. I've been there. I've lived on the street. I've had to wonder where my next meal is going to come from. Some of you have too. But it applies to everyone. The details might be a little different in your situation. But we take what God has given us and we go on our own way. And we party until the party ends. When the money ends, the party ends, the women end, the best friends end. You know, when you say best friends forever, it really means best friends until the money's gone. So here we've got the prodigal son sleeping in the streets. No food, no money to buy any food. So he has to humble himself and he has to get a job. The only job he could find was feeding pigs on a farm. Now that might not seem too bad to me, but the prodigal son was a Jew. And to even associate with swine for the Jews was a terrible thing. It was so demeaning. It was probably the most demeaning thing the prodigal son could have done, but he had to. And according to scripture, when he was feeding the pigs, he got so hungry that he wanted to eat the pig slop. Think about it. Think about being in that situation. Being a Jewish man, doing the most dishonorable thing you could think of, just to survive. And then one day he looked down and he saw the pig slop and he thought to himself, you know, the servants that my father have are better fed than I am. They have better food than this. So I'm going to go and beg him. I'm going to go beg my father to let me return as a servant so I can live with the servants and I can work and get my food so I can survive. He was desperate. He was going to starve to death. So he makes the journey home. All the time he's on his way home, he's probably rehearsing in his mind what he's going to say to his father. He wants to return as a servant. He's humbled himself, or he's been humbled. Have you ever been humbled? Have you ever been brought to the bottom of the barrel where you just kind of like ran out of options? You know that it seems like we get to a point where sometimes God is our last resort when he should have been our first resort. I've been there. You know, this is a message about me. You can wear it if it fits you, okay? So he's on his way home. As he gets closer to the house, he looks up, and his father, the scripture will tell you, all the time the son has been gone, the father, who represents God, the father watches and waits for the son constantly. He is waiting for the son to come home. Think about it. He's concerned about his son. He still loves his son. He hasn't cast his son out. His son left. Think about that right there. He did not make his son leave. His son chose to leave. So scripture tells us that when the father saw the son coming down the road, now you've got to imagine this is a son that left as a rich man, well-clothed and clean, and he was returning as nearly a beggar, having 
fed pigs for a living and sleeping in the streets, you can imagine that he was anything but clean. He probably smelled bad. He probably looked terrible. But the father saw him coming, and according to scripture, read it yourself. The father ran. He didn't wait for the son to come to him. He ran to his son. Think about that. The son who had insulted his father by taking an inheritance before he was even dead and then wasted it, wasted it on prostitutes and wine and partying. Think about it. He had been a pure glutton. But the father who saw him coming, the scripture says he ran to him. He didn't walk. He didn't wait for him to come. He ran to his son. Ran to him. Think about it. And when he reached his son, he fell at his feet and hugged him and held his feet. And the son was coming back to be a servant. And he said, Father, I'm no longer worthy to be your son. Please let me be your servant. And what did the father say? Of course, I'm paraphrasing here. The father stood up and he said, Bring the best robe and put it on my son. Shoes for his feet. Hurry, put them on. Kill the fatted calf. Kill the fatted calf. For my son who was dead is now alive. Do you understand? This is the truth of our Father God. We are fully accepted. You may not feel accepted. You may still feel like you're not worthy of the Father falling to your feet. And none of us are. We are made worthy. We were made worthy by what Christ did on the cross. You are, I am, we are fully accepted with our dirtiness, with our bad smell. Maybe he's had, he could have still had pig slop on his feet. And this wonderful father fell at his feet. Okay, let's fast forward a little bit. The son comes home. The son is restored. The older brother, who had never left home, he is portraying the religious, the religious person, the religious brother. He never left home, but he wanted to. See, this is the key to the whole story. The religious son wanted to do what the prodigal had done, but he didn't do it. He stayed home and served, served his father religiously. He wasn't a bad son either. He was just religious. He served his father, and when he realized all the commotion was going on, he asked the servants, what's going on? And the servants told the older brother, hey, your brother has returned, and your father has ordered us to kill the fatted calf, and we're going to have a big feast. Now, here's what you got to know. Read the scripture. Don't take my word for it. The prodigal's brother wasn't rejoicing. He became very angry. He was angry not that the son had returned home. He was angry that his father accepted the prodigal. 
This is what religion does. Religion is jealous of the body of Christ. Religious people have religious spirits. It's not about the people, it's about the spirits. All three of these people represent spirits. The prodigal son represents the religious, the fallen away, we'll say the castaway, the one who left home. He wasn't cast away really, he left home on his own. He had that spirit. The father had the spirit of the father. The restoration spirit, the healing spirit, the reconciliation spirit. The third son had the religious spirit, the condemning spirit, the judging spirit, the one that didn't want to restore, that didn't want to reconcile. He was jealous. The religious are jealous. Now, I don't know where you identify in this picture. I find myself as a, the son. I find myself as the prodigal son returning. I find myself as a prodigal who failed, who made bad decisions and had a bad result. Face down in the dirt, dirty and filthy, returning to the Father, and the Father is restoring me. I'm going through the restoration process right now, and most of you are too. So where do you find yourself in this story? Do you find yourself the prodigal returning home and being restored? Now we're not totally restored yet because we're going through the restoration process. We are living in the days where the Father is restoring the body of Christ. The book of Acts, chapter 2 and verse 17, tells us, God himself said, In the last days I am pouring out my spirit upon all flesh. The old men will dream dreams, young men will see visions, so forth and so on. The handmaidens, he's pouring out his spirit on handmaidens, all will prophesy. See, this is the end of religion. And this is the beginning of the restoration. God himself. Now, if you read Acts 2.17, and you should, don't take my word for anything, you will never see the word church mentioned there. You'll never see the word religion mentioned there. You won't see scribes and Pharisees, preachers, priests, popes, gurus. You won't see any of that mentioned there. That calling out God is doing, pouring out his spirit upon all flesh, it says, all. And you are among the all. Okay. Are you a castaway? This is your call home. You feel like a castaway? I'm a castaway. Are you cast away by what? What makes you think you're a castaway? Have you been cast away by the religious judgmental system? By people who just won't accept you for who you are? But see, the Father does. The Father already has. If you're on your way home, the Father's going to run out to meet you. Are you the, the religious son that just can't accept a prodigal? You can't accept someone that the Father has chosen to restore? Who are you in this story? Who are you? Reminds me of the old song, Who Are You? Who, 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 who? That's an interesting song. Who are you? What's your answer? Now, there's really only two possibilities. You can't be the Father because the Father is God and you're not God. You can only be the religious son rejecting the father's restoration of the prodigal, or you can be the prodigal who is returned home or is returning home and is being restored. Who do you identify as? I identify as the prodigal. 
I'm being restored. My restoration isn't complete yet. And how do I know that? Because I'm still alive. If my restoration was complete, my father would have took me home. I mean, literally home. I mean, home, home. To his home. To our heavenly home. Something we've got to realize is we are living under a false identity if we believe that we are human beings because we're not. We are spirits inhabiting a temporary human body. Our eternal being is spiritual. We were alive before we were placed on earth and after we enter the cocoon of death and it splits open our bodies decay and we we will be taken up as the spirits we are our eternity our eternal being is spirit who do you identify as see religion might have cast you away the prodigal son's brothers your brother might have cast you away your parents might have your religious environment might have you might have been cast away because of your color, your sex, your identity, your economic status. There might be many reasons. Or maybe you've been cast away because, like the prodigal son, you really messed up. <laughs> you made some dumb decisions. You just made some dumb decisions and some dumb things happened. But see, that doesn't make you bad. It didn't make the prodigal son bad. It made him a son who needed to be restored. Do you see what I'm saying? Read the whole story. Don't just stop where I, the scripture I gave you. Read it all. Embrace it. Ask yourself, who am I in this story? Are you being restored? Are you? If you're not, then are you still living the life until the money runs out. When you reach the bottom of the barrel and you look up, from that dark barrel you will see the light and you will come toward it. That light is the Father. That Father has nothing for you but restoration. He has nothing for you but reconciliation. He has nothing for you but healing. He's not going to let you come back. He's not going to let you come back as anything less than a son. Remember, the prodigal was willing to come back as a servant, but the father restored him as a son. He never had any harsh words for him. He didn't say, I told you so. He didn't say, you shouldn't have done that. He had a million different things he could have said, but all he did was fall at his feet and embrace him and accept him. Accept him. He accepted him and he restored him. Now, you're the prodigal. Will you spit in the face of your father who is trying to restore you? Who is trying to bring you back to himself? Will you spit in his face by not accepting his acceptance? Will you not accept the fact that you are accepted. Today is the day. Right now is the time. It's not joining of religion. 
It's not reciting some prayer. It's not that at all. It's to realize that your Father has already accepted you. If he never accepted you, he would not have sent his only begotten Son to die so that you could become a son too. You are totally accepted. Male, female, black, white, Asian, you name it. There is no one exempt from the restoration. Whosoever will may come. Christ said it himself. Okay, so here's your choice. Will you or won't you? It's not whether you can or can't, because there's nothing that can stop you. The Father is running to you. He's falling at your feet. He's restoring you. Will you accept his acceptance? There is no later answer here because the Father's at your feet now. Now, today is the day of salvation. Will you accept what's already been done for you? Okay, something to think about. I am your fellow castaway. I've been cast away by religion. I've been cast away by people I love with all my heart. Religion will cast you away because they have nothing else for you. They have condemnation and judgment. They have no restoration because only the Father can restore you. Everything that's been done for you to go to heaven has been done on the cross. Your abundant life starts now, not after you're dead, because that's a different story altogether. Abundant life is meant for now. The abundant life is knowing your Father and having communion with Him. Communion with Him every single day. Feeling His presence, talking to Him through Christ. Will you accept your acceptance? Okay. This is a Truth Ranger winding down once again. Your fellow castaway. I hope you got something out of this. I hope you enjoy these little get-togethers. Until next time, God bless and be praying for me. I'm praying for you. Yes, it's your fellow castaway, the Truth Ranger Richard, signing off one more time. I appreciate you lending me your ear for this time. If you want to communicate, our uh, email address is truthradioatmail.com, truthradioatmail.com. It's all about the finished work of Christ. I hope you can see that. There is nothing we can contribute. He has finished it all. <laughs>